0: Welcome to the Global Venturing Review Podcast. My name's James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venturing, Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing Publications and it's a great pleasure to be back with you once again this week with Thierry Helis. Welcome Thierry, how are you? Hello Jim, I am
1: good. How are you today?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. We record this on a Friday evening so it's almost the weekend so uh, yeah it's been quite an exciting week actually. It's been a lot of uh, A lot of different moving parts within the company and getting ready for some exciting events over this uh, next year. Particularly as it sounds like America is going to hit 200 million vaccinations by the end of April or in the May or sometime like that. So it's, uh, you know, they've uh, they've been phenomenally zooming along in that regard, but um, which is good news. Hopefully it means the rest of the world can be catching up with them. But uh, more importantly, what's been the big news of the past week? Jerry.
1: Well, the big news is definitely some really big news today. On-demand consumer product delivery service GoPuff has experienced some major league growth of late, and it secured $1.15 billion from investors, including SoftBank Vision Fund 1, in a round lifting its valuation from $3.9 billion to $8.9 billion. That 3.9 valuation had been achieved just five months ago in a $380 million round that also featured Vision Fund 1.
0: I mean, it's an amazing story, isn't it? There's almost, and I've wanted to sort of trumpet, there's a, there's a sort of a Germany-based grocery delivery company called Gorillas. great name by the way, which raised something like <laughs> $290 million in its B round after having only been founded less than a year ago. And uh, it's just... Uh, It is a phenomenal growth in things around the consumer products and, you know, delivery piece, taking stuff to to the final mile, which kind of makes sense in some ways, given, you know, a lot of countries, including Germany, still sort of heavily locked down. So it's harder for people to get to the shops and all the rest of it. But still, you've got to. You've got to be sort of eyes wide open at that given you know, given that there are already a number of grocery delivery companies such as Deliveroo and Uber Eats and the rest of them that have uh, you know, been on in valuation. So somehow I suspect there will be some consolidation to happen in these sorts of areas, but uh, but not just yet, it seems.
1: Yeah, not just yet. Well, with Deliveroo aiming for an IPO as well, they might be the one to swallow up a few competitors. But yeah, we'll see. There's There's definitely consolidation on the horizon. I think you're right in that. Well, also consolidation, if you can call it that, is a reverse merger. The biggest one that's just been announced recently has been content monetization software provider Source, which is merging with a SPAC called Toma Bravo Advantage at an $11.1 billion pro forma equity. Iron Source's valuation was reportedly not much larger than just a billion dollars in its last round, less than 18 months ago.
0: There's a lot of money chasing anything with any potential growth in it at the moment. Uh, there was, was a nice report in the FT today, I think it was, which is picking apart another SPAC. This was a, a UK-based company called Arrival, which hasn't got a product, has some orders, tries to do electric delivery vans, maybe to deliver all the goods and services for the go puffs and grillers of the world i'm not sure but this would be and it's just floated i think uh as at this time of recording but it re- you know floated at a 13 billion dollar valuation which makes it the largest ever uk listed for a company with no revenues effectively and no no product and <sighs> i hope that in the next three or four, two or three years it, it might well Compete with all the other electric delivery and truck type of companies, which have raised an enormous amount of money through SPACs. So somehow, someone won't necessarily get all of the returns that they wanted from from some of these SPACs. Obviously, I'm sure IronSource is a is a great company, and uh, but just the sort of water watering increase in valuations for a whole host of different companies really uh, does catch the attention that we are in phenomenal frothy times yeah hopefully it lasts obviously you know in some ways you yeah, know these are good companies trying to do good things but it's it is a uh it is a ramp up of uh almost dot-com proportions 20 odd years ago i uh, i didn't think i'd see anything like that again having uh having been through the first dot-com bubble i didn't think uh i didn't think we would see quite this again but uh, it does seem to be around put it that way that uh, the phenomenal amounts of liquidity flowing just because we're in a 0 interest world, and so the money has to flow somewhere, and there's record-breaking amounts of money being created somewhere or other. If you've got anything that shows growth, by the way, uh, I think we're worth about twelve billion dollars, yeah, Thierry, given our growth uh, growth projections ourselves. Ah, nice. So if anyone's <laughs> got a few a few billion that want to uh, put our way, then I'm sure we can uh, we can justify because at least we've got some products and do a service at the moment.
1: Well, yes, that is true. We, we we are a a company with a track record, a, t- a decade-long track record, and we have products and services. And if you're, you know, a few billion dollars, you know, I'd hire I, I another reporter with that, or two. <laughs> well, I think so. I
0: mean, given the value that you do, Thierry, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're worth a billion by yourself,
1: you yeah. know. I am not going to say no to that, so... <laughs> Moving on to funds, Japan-based medical supplies vendor Medipal Holdings has partnered SBI Investment, which is an investment subsidiary of financial services firm SBI Holdings, to form a 10 billion yen or 92 million US dollar corporate venture capital vehicle. Medipal Innovation Fund is intended to operate for 10 years and will mainly target domestic and international startups developing technologies strategically relevant to Medipal's business lines.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We've seen quite a few of these types of vehicles coming from SBI, them and Global Brain and uh, Pegasus seem to be sort of hoovering up these types of uh, corporate venture capital as a service type models where they can get a fund, the corporate provides the cash and the management's done by them. There's a number in the US as well but uh, there's a whole host of them coming out of Japan in a similar sort of approach and uh, SBI, which funny itself spun out of SoftBank, which is also made a good name for itself, sort of managing other people's money. You know, it's, uh, it's a really interesting approach. I've not necessarily seen SBI, which is traditionally focused more on, uh, as you say, financial services, fintech stuff, go into sort of medical supplies. But uh, there's obviously an interesting sort of degree of sort of support. And in terms of management, how this will be done, whether it's the management's more in terms of identifying options from MediPal and then SBI, bringing in some more of the sort of financial rigor of being able to select some. But, uh, but I'll be interested to know more about how that, uh, how that partnership works. And, but it's, uh, obviously two great firms coming together to form quite an interesting CBC fund. So, that's.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to, uh, to seeing more on what they invest in. Well, this week's crossover deal between the university and corporate venturing worlds is an interesting beast as well. Evidation Health, which is a US-based health data analysis provider, has picked up $153 million in a Series E round co-led by Kaiser Permanente's Group Trust. The round was co-led by OMAS Growth Equity, a fund managed by the Pension Fund Ontario Municipal Employees Retirement System, and also included Minkesson Ventures, the corporate venturing arm of medical supplies distributor McKesson as well as B Capital Group. The round valued it at $1 billion, according to Bloomberg. So far, so normal. Evidation's technology platform Achievement records raw behavior data such as speech and video from patients' electronic devices and analyzes it to provide insights on health and disease. But its origin is where it gets unusual. The company was founded in 2012 through a partnership between Stanford Healthcare, the academic health system of Stanford University, and GE Ventures, which is, of course, a corporate venturing subsidiary of General Electric. It's not a type of story we see often, but with now $259 million in capital, the model is clearly working out for evidation.
0: Yeah, really interesting story. Congrats, a big series E round, a really interesting space. Less than a decade old, but uh, you know, but as you say, I think you hit the nail on the head, this was a really interesting sort of example, certainly back in the day, of a corporate, not just back in later stage rounds, but going out and almost co-creating through a venture studio type model, a startup that could then sort of tackle some of the needs that GE was seeing alongside you know, the research coming out of Stanford. So back in the day, this was relatively unusual for CBCs to do, and GE had
1: a fantastic,
0: team and track record, you know, not under Sue Siegel in terms of being able to do sort of G Ventures types of deals as well as, you know, as well as, um, you know, sort of the co-creation and sort of buy, build and partner type of approach. And, um you know, obviously the team effectively got broken up and most of the assets sold in secondary deals to former team members. When sort of G ran into trouble a few years ago and uh, had to, uh, had to, you know, suddenly stop and cut costs. So it was a, it was a, it's perhaps an example in more ways than one. Other corporates have obviously sort of followed and done other good success stories, but Evidation was certainly one of the, uh, one of the early ones. And uh, it's definitely proved to be a, a winning one as well. And congrats to, uh, to the management team there and, uh, obviously the newer investors. And, uh, you know, what might have been for GE Ventures, eh? If, uh, if
1: well, I... I mean, it's, it's worked out for pretty much all the team members. They they've all landed on their feet, and I know Sue Siegel's now chairwoman of the engine at um, MIT and Harvard, so she's definitely still involved in the uh, ecosystem as well, closer to the university ecosystem that she was before. She's on the so, yeah, number of
0: public boards as well, and yes. rises some other stuff. But and then um, Marianne Wu, who's the president, went off to a, a VC firm and uh, did the secondary steel to acquire quite a lot of the industrial assets, which. You've then just gone on to have a number of amazing IPO successes uh, since that deal. So it's uh, yeah, like I said, a number of the team. But I don't think it's quite the same. You know, going off and individually continuing for careers versus you know what uh, what the potential could have been for GE if they'd um, just found a way to um, to continue to support. It's definitely a a business case study in, in corporate venture capital. And so, uh, what else has been uh, more news and briefs? Here, what uh, what else has caught your eye over the past week?
1: Well, one of them will be the gorillas, although it is actually quite far down the list because that's the kind of world we live in now. Data Miner has closed a four hundred seventy-five million dollar funding round that hiked its valuation to four point one billion dollars. The company, which counts Credit Suisse Next Investors as an earlier backer, provides software that pulls information from a range of public sources to detect events and track trends in real time and will put the proceeds from the round into international customer acquisition. China-based Cassicloud provides production automation software for the aerospace industry and has secured $404 million in funding, becoming the latest automation technology provider to raise big money. In the wake of several robotic process automation-focused companies over the past year. Its earlier investors include China Aerospace Science and Industry Corporation, but the latest round was co-led by China Merchants Capital, ICBC Capital, and Shenzhen Capital. And sports memorabilia retailer Fanatics has pulled in $320 million through a round that doubled its valuation to $12.8 billion in the space of seven months. SoftBank is also among Fanatics' investors, as is Alibaba, and the latest round included Major League Baseball, Fidelity Investments, Franklin Templeton, Newberger Berman, Silver Lake and Thrive Capital. It came as the company undertakes a growth push centred on China. Crypto wallet and exchange operator Blockchain.com is growing even faster and has secured $300 million in Series C funding at a $5.2 billion valuation. Roughly five weeks. That is five weeks after a $120 million Series B round valuing it at $3 billion. GBA and Axis Industries were among the participants in the latter round, with GV having been an investor in the company since 2017. And Airwallex is the creator of a cloud software platform that helps businesses expand globally by coordinating finance activities across multiple currencies. It's raised $100 million from investors including ANZ Bank's ANZ Ventures vehicle to increase its Series D round to $300 million. The extension represents the third tranche of the round with Tencent and Salesforce Ventures among the earlier backers. Airwallex is now valued at $2.6 billion. And if grocery delivery services like Instacart have experienced considerable growth during the coronavirus pandemic, Germany-based Gorillas almost makes that growth look lazy. The company was founded less than a year ago, as you just said, Jim, but has just secured $290 million in a Series B featuring Tencent that valued it above a billion dollars. That makes Gorillas, by its reckoning, the quickest European startup ever to exceed a billion dollar valuation. Its service is currently available in just 13 European cities. And Commodore Health, the developer of a healthcare tracking software platform, has meanwhile raised $220 million at a $3.3 billion valuation in a Series E round, only two months after notching up $44 million in a Series D. That Series D included long-term corporate investor McKesson Ventures, and it's now secured a total of $314 million in just 14 months. Funds, we have one more, also from Japan. Japan Japan-based financial services firm Juroko Bank has formed a venture capital unit dubbed Nobunaga Capital Village and a startup accelerator called Juroko Bank Accelerator 2021. Nobunaga Capital Village will be launched next month with 4.5 billion yen, that's about $41.2 million, of capital across two vehicles, and will target developers of fintech and local economy revitalization projects focusing on the Chubu region where the bank is headquartered. Exits, we've got quite a lot more big deals for you here. Supply chain finance provider Link Lodges has filed for an initial public offering on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange and set terms that will see it raise $1.06 billion if it flows at the top of its range. Bertelsmann Asia Investments, Tencent, GLP, Skyworth and Standard Charters are all among the company's investors and the offering will be anchored by $365 million from institutional investors including BlackRock and Fidelity. Another Chinese company, online Q&A platform developer Zihu, has gone public in the US in a $523 million IPO that scored exits for Kwaishu, Tencent, Baidu, Sogu, and Sunshine Insurance. The company priced shares at the foot of the IPO's range, but it will be buoyed by a $250 million private placement being provided by Tencent and fellow corporates Alibaba, JD.com and Lilith Games. Olo has closed its initial public offering at approximately $518 million after the underwriters took up the option to buy an additional $67.5 million in shares. The PayPal-backed restaurant ordering software provider floated above its range on the New York Stock Exchange last week and its share price subsequently increased upwards of 20%. An online automotive marketplace, ACV Auctions, raised $5 million for a Series A round five years ago and now it's gone public in an initial public offering sized at about $416 million. The SoftBank-backed company priced its shares above an already increased range and the price rose again, giving ACV a market cap around the $4.8 billion mark at close of trading. And Rockley Photonics, a silicon photonic chipmaker that counts applied materials and Hengtong Optic Electric among its investors, is set to list through a reverse takeover with SPAC called SC Help Corp at a $1.2 billion post-merger valuation. Medtronic is among the investors supplying $150 million in pipe financing to support the deal, Announced as Rockley prepares to commercially launch its unique sensing technology. And autonomous truck developer Chu Simple is still pre-revenue but has filed for an IPO offering in the United States. The China-based company has raised roughly $650 million in funding and its investors include corporates Cena, Navistar, Tratton, Nvidia, Mando, UPS, Goodyear, Union Pacific, CN, Kroger and US Express. Media reports in August last year suggested it could target evaluation of up to $7 billion in the IPO. And finally, some comings and goings. David Goldschmidt has been appointed head of Samsung Catalyst Fund, an evergreen vehicle for Samsung Electronics, to lead the unit's global activities. Goldschmidt has been in the venture capital ecosystem for two decades. SCF hired him in 2015 as an Israel-based managing director to oversee investments in the country and in Europe, covering areas including 5G, AI, automotive, cloud, healthcare, quantum and robotics technologies. Stephanie Tompkins, meanwhile, vice president for research and technology transfer at Colorado School of Mines, has been appointed director of the US Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known by its acronym DARPA. Tompkins had joined Colorado School of Mines three years ago, overseeing research activity at the institution. Her appointment to lead DARPA marks her return to the agency, where Tompkins had worked from 2007 to 2018, most recently serving as deputy director. And Paul de Blois has been appointed president and CEO of Axelis, a new technology transfer organization for institutions in Quebec. Axelis is the successor to three separate organizations, Aligo Innovation, Sova and Univalor, and Le Blois have held the same positions at Sova since 2017. Axelis will officially become operational on April 1st, and Aligo, Sova and Univalor will wind down on March 31st. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, these are only the top headlines from the past week, so do head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com globaluniversityventuring.com and globalimpactventuring.com to find everything else. And of course, do check back daily to stay on top of the news as it happens. I hope you enjoyed the episode and if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate because it helps us grow our audience. And don't forget to recommend us to your friends and colleagues as well. Maybe even tweet out the episode or post about it on LinkedIn. Keep an eye out too on Wednesdays for our leadership series where we talk with thought leaders from all over the world to find out more about how they are supporting the innovation ecosystem. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, you can email me at teheles at globaluniversityventuring.com. That's T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also tweet us at GCventuring or GUventuring. My name is Jerry Hillis. My co-host is Editor-in-Chief James Mawson. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. Do check him out on inearproduction.com for all your podcasting needs. Our intro music is by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. We'll be back with more news next Monday. Have a productive week, everyone. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.